0: have you noticed how many first-year teachers have trouble managing their classrooms? And if they never really receive good support, they become five- and ten-year teachers who can't manage their classrooms? And then they leave the profession? But guess what? We have a similar problem in the principalship. Most, not all, principals are not fully prepared to meet the challenges of instructional leadership. And if they never get really good, support, their trajectories can mirror that of the teachers I just mentioned. This issue is the reason I started this podcast, the reason I do a daily leadership email. It's the focus of my trainings, my courses, and it's at the heart of my APEX program. If you've been listening for a while, you know that instructional leadership is a common focus. Today, we're going to look at the problem of developing instructional leaders and some things I think we can do about it. Hello colleagues and welcome to the assistant principal podcast. I'm your host Frederick Buskey. The goal of this podcast is to help improve the life and leadership of assistant principals. This podcast complements APEX, the assistant principal acceleration program, but you certainly don't need to be an APEX member to find value in the podcast. It's just me today. Exploring this conundrum that we have around instructional leadership, my goal is for you to finish this show with three things. First, think about how you can be intentional about developing your own instructional leadership. Second, become familiar with the Eisenhower matrix and its usefulness. And third, begin looking for your flywheel. Before we go further, I want to be 100% transparent with you. The content today reflects my passion for AP development and for the APEX program that I've developed. APEX stands for the Assistant Principal Acceleration. And I mention it at the front end of every program, but I haven't ever really talked about it. And today I will talk about APEX. I hope it comes across as informative rather than salesy because. <laughs> I don't want to be that way. I don't want to sell you a product. But, being transparent, I do want to sell you on an idea. In addition to assistant principals, we have instructional coaches and principals listening as well. But the big idea of this show should work for all of you. Here it is. You should be intentionally and consistently growing your instructional leadership skills, no matter which role you're in. And you should be doing it with a community of like-minded people. To make that case, we need to line up some dominoes. So the first thing I hope you know about me, although if you're a new listener, you may not be there yet, but I love conceptual frameworks. Conceptual frameworks are things that take really complicated ideas or complicated stuff and make it, simplify it down into something that's really understandable that we can actually use. And so today we're going to talk about a couple frameworks, Um, the Eisenhower matrix, the six dimensions of organizations, and then the flywheel. So the Eisenhower matrix is a simple four quadrant grid. And along the top two boxes of the grid, you have what's important the bottom two boxes are not important, and the left side of the grid is urgent, and the right side of the grid is not urgent. So quadrant one is the upper left-hand box, and that is urgent and important. Those are safety things. So those are the things that have to, have to get done, or bad things are gonna happen. Quadrant two is in the upper right-hand side, And that is important, but not urgent. Quadrant two is where most instructional leadership takes place. Quadrant three is urgent, but not important. Quadrant three is the nemesis of most school leaders. For reasons that we'll discuss in a minute and then quadrant 4 which we never talk about is not urgent and not important. So that's that's the stuff you do when you're so tired you can't do anything else and hopefully is not part of your job. So that's the Eisenhower matrix. Again, quadrant one, quadrant 1 is urgent and important and quadrant 3 is urgent, so but not important. So 1 and 3 are the two urgent quadrants and then quadrant 2 is important but not urgent. And that's where all your organizational development and your instructional leadership takes place. All right, so here's one of the challenges we face. The principal pipeline doesn't really prepare you for doing instructional leadership. Now, some of you may have great mentors or you've been through absolutely exceptional principal development programs, and I'm not trying to knock principal development programs. I spent 13 years at Western Carolina University and at Clemson University doing those programs, but there's only so much we can do in the allotted hours that we have. And instructional leadership is incredibly, incredibly complex. So we have this problem where the pipeline of developing assistant principals, and I would argue instructional coaches as well, doesn't prepare us well enough to do the hard work of instructional leadership. And once you're in the principalship, well, yeah, do you have a lot of time to to learn it then? The other problem we have is a lack of alignment. So this is where the six dimensions of organizations come in. If you think about a three-sided pyramid, the top of that pyramid is purpose, right? What's the purpose that drives a school and that we can all probably come to some kind of quick consensus about student achievement, student learning, um, living a great adult life. But we've got that, that purpose at, that, at the tip of that pyramid. And then the three corners of the pyramid are the people, the structures, which include physical structures, but also all of the rules and policies that govern operations. And then the third one is resources. So in a perfect organization, which does not exist, the people, the structures, and the resources are all aligned to the purpose and to each other. And a perfectly aligned organization is a great place to work. Unfortunately, it's the nature of organizations to be in disalignment, rather than alignment. And you can listen for a little bit more about the six dimensions if you go all the way back to episode one of this podcast series. All right. So the the challenge is that we need structures and we need the skills of people and we need the resources like time and money to be able to focus on that instructional leadership. And we don't necessarily have those things. And so... What that means is that leaders, before we can do great instructional leadership, we have to begin aligning our organizations. And so another way to think about leadership is that leadership in a school is really the work of using change processes to align your school, to align the people, to align the structures and the resources. Stepping back from that then, The other way to think about the work of school leadership is that you have two basic responsibilities. Number one is keep everybody safe. That is absolutely paramount. That can't be sacrificed. Your primary job is to keep everybody safe. Number two is to improve student learning or outcomes for students. Now, you don't teach students. So the way that you do that is by growing your teachers. In other words you have two responsibilities. Keep everybody safe and help your teachers get better. If you do those two things, you're going to have a great school because great teachers equals great school and great outcomes for kids. Now let's go back to that Eisenhower matrix. Most or many leaders are caught in quadrants one and three. Now, One, that urgent and important involves school safety. So you've got to take care of that. But when you're urgent all the time, what happens is you're subject to what I call the tyranny of the urgent. And you just get moving and you're going from one thing to the next thing to the next thing and you start to lose intentionality and you lose focus on the purpose. And so what happens is you're continually working in quadrants one and three and what you lose is quadrant two. And quadrant two is where we do that instructional leadership. I was with some assistant principals a couple weeks ago. And if you read my daily email, you read about this, but they, we were talking about next steps and they said, "We, we need help in time management, but you can't manage time, right? Time is finite. There's only so much of it. There's nothing to manage. What we have to manage is priorities, And when we say we mean time management, what we're really saying is that we are caught in quadrants one and three, and we can't get to quadrant two. So we need to manage priorities, not time. Most of what I try to do is to give you the perspectives, the knowledge, and the tools to change the structures in your school To be able to facilitate the work of continually helping our teachers grow so some of that are things like coaching skills but a lot of it is also aligning the systems and the structures so you're not caught in quadrants one and three and so you can get to quadrant two so really good instructional leadership is also about systems alignment and i've developed one other conceptual framework that plays into this and i call it the flywheel And the flywheel is all about aligning systems and building structures and training people and applying resources in ways that will help you continually grow your teachers. The idea of the flywheel I stole from Jim Collins in a classic book, Good to Great. If you're an organizational change geek like I am, you really should read that book. Again, Jim Collins, Good to Great. He uh, tracks the changes in multiple corporations over a long period of time, and those that did great and stayed great, and those that did great and then fizzled out, and, and he's just drawn a lot of great leadership um, lessons from that, and he's got some really good principles. The audio version of that book is excellent, so if you have a long commute, I really urge you to get that book. I, I think you'll pull some good things from it. Anyway, back to the flywheel. So the purpose of a flywheel is to drive organizational improvement. And this isn't just true for schools. It's true for hospitals or manufacturing organizations or sales organizations. And the, the core idea is that you take a couple of practices, three, four, maybe five core practices that when executed, one helps the other, which helps the next, which helps the next that creates this close circle. And, and if you keep executing those practices over and over again, it creates momentum that drives your organization to success. The example I like to give is my first couple years of coaching girls basketball. And I had never played basketball before, um, organized basketball. I didn't know anything about offensive sets or any of that kind of stuff. And my first teaching job, I was handed the entire girls' basketball program. And so I tried to simplify it into the easiest pieces that we could and began our our flywheel for success in basketball was we play high-pressure defense, we create turnovers, we convert those turnovers to baskets. Soon as that transition happens, we score a basket, we're back on defense. We play high, high pressure defense, create turnovers, convert turnovers. So that was our flywheel. And if we could do those things, then we could build a lot of momentum and have good games and have good seasons, et cetera. In a school, for, for me, my flywheel looks like this. We provide some kind of professional development or training to a teacher or a group of teachers. We follow that training up with targeted observations specifically designed to look at the success of the implementation of the professional development. We take the data from those observations. We work with our instructional leadership team and our teachers to identify next steps Of the professional development so when we start to execute that cycle what happens is professional development becomes really really intentional and very specific to developing skill sets for again groups of teachers or individual teachers as a system we have to align how we meet how we collect data what we do with that data how we plan PD, all of those things need to come into alignment in order to execute that flywheel. So that part is complicated, but the concept is simple. Deliver high quality professional development, follow it up with observations, get data to then inform the next cycle of professional development. That professional development, again, it can be focused on a group of teachers. So for example, our PLCs, and that's what I would call then we would be doing normative observations. If you've listened to the podcast on the four patterns of observation, it can also be targeted to individual teachers. So PD can be delivered as part of a coaching cycle. And in that case, um, that's a formative observation and formative process for an individual teacher. If you've been listening to a while listening to this series for a while then you know that there are a lot of the podcasts that I've done that tie into the flywheel. Episode 4 was about 5 minute coaching which ties into how we build teachers and improve teacher quality. Episode 6 was a coaching grab bag. Episode 8, who should I coach? Episode 12 was the assistant principal and instructional coach relationship episode 15, teacher tracking document, and I could go on, right? You get the picture. If you listen to this podcast regularly, you have actually been listening to pieces of the flywheel. And that brings us to Apex. So I started Apex, I think we're wrapping up a year and a half. I began in December of 2020. The idea behind Apex is to bring together assistant principals in a community to provide then information, tools, and application activities, so training, um, in order to improve instructional leadership. In in the last year and a half, we've also done a lot with kind of tackling that whole urgency piece. So it has been some of the the issues of how, how you manage the urgent stuff and how you prioritize and those kinds of things. My, my real vision for Apex is that it is a vibrant community. And, and you know, because you're a busy busy assistant principal, you know how hard it is to take time to invest. And, and while we've had a lot of success in Apex, the thing that's, that we haven't gotten to is to have that vibrant community. In my dreams, what can happen is that you have an issue. Let's say you just did a teacher observation and you saw something that you just don't know what to do with that. You could hop onto a community and reach out to other assistant principals in that community and say, Hey, have any of you ever dealt with this issue? And you would have people that could message you back and say, Hey, yeah, I did this and here's how I handled it or here's here's what I did or or here's somebody that you should talk to or here's a tool that you have this really live, active community that helps enrich the work that you do. This community also is structured in a way that there's specific content, there's a specific focus on continually developing your instructional leadership, right? So that gets us back to our earlier goal of thinking about how do we be consistent and intentional about instructional leadership? So that's my vision. That's, That's what we're shooting for. Next year, I'm going to make some changes to APEX. First of all, I'm going to be really methodical about the implementation and application of the flywheel. The first six to eight weeks of APEX next year, all we're going to do is focus on building the structures that you need to execute that flywheel. So how do you structure your your instructional leadership team meetings? how do you track what you're doing with teachers how do you create targeted observation systems and and then we'll actually apply that stuff again in a very narrow kind of a to b way looking at how we support our early career teachers in developing strong classroom management so you know that's the first two or three months next year the The program will consist of materials to support that, tools, tutorials, mini courses, but most importantly, it will consist of community. So when we're talking about establishing an agenda for your ILT, your instructional leadership team, you can talk about how other people are doing that because every school is a different context. So you can get ideas from your peers about how to implement some of this stuff and get support in addition from me you've got them I'm not sure there's still a lot of things on apex i'm working out on I'm I'm not sure kind of what it looks like in terms of the platform i it will be most likely a digital platform that's not facebook and i won't hate on Facebook too hard, but I just don't think it's a healthy place for us to hang out. So I don't want to promote that. I'm 90% sure that there will be a free option, but probably also other tiers of paid options so that we can align the, the, the technical and the amount of content with people's different needs. You'll join by invitation or by application. And I think I'll be inclusive of people that aren't just assistant principals. So other school leaders like the instructional coaches and maybe early career principals. The community will be moderated by me, but I'm also thinking that it would be great to have some really top tier principals in um, that you could also get advice and interact with. Most importantly, there'll be an emphasis on community because adults need community to learn, and to apply complex ideas and complex practices. So I I hope this didn't sound too salesy. Um, I wanted to share my vision with you. And if that's something that doesn't interest you, that's fine. I just want you to be successful and whatever you need to do is great. And if you just want to listen to the podcast, that's awesome. I'm just happy to have you as a listener and, and hope that what I'm doing is helpful. But if this idea of community especially a community that is targeted on growing instructional leadership, if that appeals to you, then I think I'd really like to hear from you. So let me back up a second and start to wrap this show. Let's review those three goals for today, right? I hope you'll continue to reflect on your own development as an instructional leader. Have you been intentional and what are your next steps regarding the flywheel? Does it make sense to you? What does it look like in your school? Maybe you already have it, or maybe you have pieces of it. And do you have the knowledge and skills to build a flywheel that makes sense to you? Could you do it if you had the chance? And I know, I know there's assistant principal saying, well, I'm the assistant principal. I can't do this stuff. I don't have the power. And you are You may be correct, right? If you take your ideas to your principal, they may jump on and and be really happy to try this stuff out. But even if they're not, there's two things I want you to think about. One, you can do things on your own, right? You can, it may sound silly, you can have your own ILT meeting. You You can track teacher progress on one or two things by yourself. It's not ideal, but you can practice. The other thing, it goes back to that pipeline I was talking about earlier, We need people to go into the principalship who already know how to be instructional leaders. So even if you can't execute these things in your school right now, if you learn how to do it, then at that point where you're applying for and moving into a principalship, you can talk in the interview about what you will do. And you can talk with knowledge and some level of experience and tell exactly what you would do to improve instructional leadership in a school. And then once you get there, you'll actually have the ability to implement those things. So that final question was about the Eisenhower matrix. Everything we talked about today is quadrant two stuff. So how do you figure out how to spend time there? How do you especially stay out of quadrant three, the urgent but not important? The most important thing I want you to take away from today's show is that being a great instructional leader requires you to consistently be intentional about developing your knowledge and skills. I'll continue to support you by producing this podcast and writing the daily leadership email, which you can find um, spattered all over my webpage. If the idea of being a part of an intentional community committed to supporting each other's instructional leadership is appealing to you, consider letting me know. On the Assistant Principal Podcast page on my website, there's a link at the top and you can email me. I can put you on an invitation list and keep you informed on our progress. I know that sharing an email is an act of trust and I promise to never spam you. My website is frederickbuskey.com, and that's frederick, F-R-E-D-E-R-I-C-K, and Buskey, just like it sounds, B-U-S-K-E-Y. If you do choose to email me, I encourage you to share your ideas. What do you want out of a community of instructional leaders? How do you want to interact? And what are your most pressing needs? Again, you can find that link on the Assistant Principal Podcast page, on FrederickBusky.com, or you can simply email me at FrederickFrederickBusky.com. At and of course, if you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe and rate this podcast. That wraps up the show. I'm Frederick Busky, and I hope you'll join me next time for the Assistant Principal Podcast.